guys, it's Joe Garcia, Playboy's Gamer Next Door, and you're hearing it here on Versus Node Podcast on GamerNode.com. Welcome to the Versus Node Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Anzato, executive editor and website director and editor-in-chief and owner. And we were actually just discussing how many times I would ruin the intro. So <laughs> there's one. Um, no, but we'll keep, we'll keep rolling with it. It's fine. Um, I'm here with the, the usual crew. We have Jason Finelli. What's up, Jason? Not a friggin' lot. Doing good. Doing good. Now, you predicted I would screw up twice. I only sort of screwed up once. Okay, so... You only I think did I would. That. You only did that. You only kept, <laughs> kept rolling with it. So out. I'm on to you. <laughs> you are exactly correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're also joined here with Mike Murphy. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing okay, I suppose. Suppose. Okay. Oh. Yeah, there are reasons to be upset, I, I guess, as a gamer right now, but we'll get into that in a little while. And last but not least, uh, Dan Crabtree. How you doing, man? Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> He's doing a little bit better than Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm also drinking, so that's not That's true. And uh, you're about to finish school forever, right? Yeah, man. Well, assuming I don't go back, which right. would be awful if I did. <laughs> but yes, no, I'm about to finish. It's awesome. Play video games all day. <laughs> <laughs> that won't last too much longer. Yeah, I know. For the next day or two, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> then life will start, and all of a sudden you'll have no hair, and you'll wonder where all the time went. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been playing, Dan? Um, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Uh, most recently, I've been playing Brink. Brink comes Ooh. out tomorrow, uh, which is actually kind of my, one of my problems with it. But uh, Okay, it's a little bit disappointing. Is is uh, my overall assessment? I've been really trying to like figure out. Okay, what do I think of this game? How do I put this into words? Because it's very multifaceted and complicated. And there's things that I like, and there's a lot that I also don't like. Um, so it's like it's a lot of customization, right? Mm-hmm. You can uh, make any kind of character with any kind of face, or uh, you can customize your guns to level like Army of Two and that sort of thing. So that's cool. Um, cool abilities, very class-based, um, but uh, everything is based on the idea that you're just trying to do objective after objective, right? Mm-hmm. And the majority of objectives, I would argue, are uh, defend this area or this hunched-over body or this console. Or so. So, so you're doing a lot of defending, and what that means is that you just defend it until the timer runs out, and sometimes that can take up to 15 to 20 minutes of you just standing in one place trying not to die. Jesus. Uh, and that gets really boring. I would not uh, play that. Yeah, I don't think that's... Than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if it's five minutes, you're kind of like, really? Five minutes I have to stand here? Maybe I'm just an impatient game around it, whatever. Um, on the flip side of this, though, okay, so say you're on the other side, instead of being the security, you're the resistance, and so you're trying to infiltrate and blow up this nuclear reactor or whatever. Um, all of the opposing team will be at the nuclear reactor. And so you run up and you shoot and you throw or you plant a turret and then you die and then you go, you spawn again, like way, way far away. 
and you spend like a good half a minute to a minute running back, you like shoot a couple shots, maybe kill a guy or two, and you die, and then you run like half a minute, and you do that over and over until eventually you hope the computer just bestows a win upon you. Um, it's, but it's, running's it's like, fun, right? What's that? But running's yeah, I mean, fun in Brinks, that's, isn't it? That's true. The running, and maybe that's why they made the running fun is because they're like, shit, they're going to have to do a lot of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got like that parkour thing to it. Um, yeah. And if you're the light class, then you get to jump off of walls and shit like that, which is fun. Um, I don't know, but that, that is such a little part of the game, truly. Um, most of it is just you trying to get from A to B on like flat ground and just being really bored. Damn. I don't know. It, to me, it was frustrating. I didn't, like, there wasn't anything compelling me onward. It was just like, oh, okay, you can go and run up and get killed by this guy. I think part of the problem with that, though, is, um, so it's, like, not out yet. So there's maybe, I don't know, 100 people, handful of people, whatever, online who are playing. So the majority of the people that you're playing with are bots. And they suck. You know, they're, they're AI. They're not going to be as good. And so everything that you're trying to do, it's like, you'll be, uh, oh, that's what plans are again. Can you hear it? Yep. Sorry, a song. <laughs> Sorry, a song. I don't it's... even care that that's interrupting us right now. Because I, yeah. I am jamming hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're all like, oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, ooh, Zelda. Um... What was I saying? Okay, yeah, so it's almost like with the PSN adage, except this is not a problem. It's just the fact that the game before it's out. Uh, so there's not very many people online, so every time you try to do an objective, you're like, it, it, it's very dependent on your team. So you're going to need a medic and a soldier and, uh, you know, the mm. classes working together, and they just don't really work together because they're AI, and they, they'll fuck up, and they'll, you know, stare at a wall for a little while or something like that. How many, uh, uh, how many classes are there? There's four. four. There's uh, there's your soldier, the engineer, the uh, operative, and the medic. And they, they all have cool little abilities and buffs that they can do. But it truly is like you have to have to play as a team if you're going to make it work. And if you're going to do that with bots, you really just have to get lucky. Right. So, okay, so here's a question. Have you have you tried your hand at all of the different classes up to this point? Yeah, yeah, you, you have to, actually. Um, okay. Most of the levels, they'll have multiple objectives in them. And so one will be like, okay, plan a detonation charge, so you have to be a soldier for that. And then, okay, well, now you have to hack this console, so then you have to change to operative. So, yes. Uh, it's not like you lock into a class at the beginning of the level and you have to keep that. Like, you can change it throughout if you want. Oh, yeah, they have those little stations. I remember them talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah the command centers, and so you can capture new ones. And there's definitely a fair amount of strategy involved. And, uh, and the shooting feels fluid and everything. The movement is also obviously very fluid because they have this parkour element to it. But it just feels like banging your head against a wall half the time. It, it really is pretty frustrating. Mm. I think it will be a lot cooler once there's more people online slash if you have a bunch of friends who have the game. So you get online and you have like a, you know, sort of like a clan or a guild or something. Right. You get together and you do a raid, essentially, in order to accomplish these objectives. But right now it's sort of, <laughs> it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like it. What I wanted to ask was, um, Having played all the different classes and becoming familiar with how they work, do you see how if you had maybe three more of yourself playing with you, you know, having real people playing, 
it could be a lot more fun that way as opposed to how you're actually experiencing it. Now. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely what I'm saying is, you know, I think, you know, I'll try to play it tomorrow, maybe the next day, see if I can get a good feel for what it'll be like when there are actual humans online uh, and see if that really changes dramatically my opinion of the game. Because I think it, it has the potential to do that. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. So start playing in three hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the game has a ton of hype, right? Like, yeah. Bethesda has marketed the crap out of this game, so I imagine that a ton of people are going to get it. Or at least they're supposed they, to. Uh, right. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. As long as they spent their money correctly, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, a ton of people did get Portal 2. And that's what Jason's going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> a ton Love of people that. loved it. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't stress enough. I I was not a, La- a Valve fan growing up. I did not have a gaming caliber PC, which I've said numerous times. So Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Gary's Mod, all that right over my head. Missed it. Left for Dead, eh, started me. But Portal, Portal is where me and Valve really get along. Portal is Portal 2 is funny. Portal 2 is challenging. Portal 2 is one of those games where when you finally figure out the solution, you're it's half sweet. That's a really awesome puzzle. And half how the fuck was I supposed to figure that out sooner than now? It, there's all the different um obstacles you're using now. I mean there was there was enough in the in the previous game with the cubes and the switches and everything. Now there's like light bridges where you have to at one point you have to shoot a, a shoot the portal so that the the bridge lands lower than you are and still land on the bridge. Oh man. Yeah. Uh and, and then there's the um I don't remember what they're called right now, but they look like a blue like a funnel and it sends you a certain direction. And you have to manipulate that in order to get the the cube to float to the ceiling to press the button. But then there are other ones where you can make the funnel go the other way. So if you have to travel the opposite way, the pun- the funnel will turn will turn orange and you'll, it'll come back it's really really cool my favorite part of what they've added are the gels i don't know if you've heard about the different mm-hmm. gels that there are now um there's a blue gel which is called repulsion gel which you jump on um or it makes things more bouncy i guess would be the best word to describe it like at one point like you, flubber you dump, yeah exactly you dump blue gel on a box that's in glass and the box starts bouncing around breaks the glass and that's how you free it uh, and then you have to grab it and put it underwater, and it won't bounce around anymore. <laughs> then there's the orange gel, which is propulsion gel, which makes you go faster. So if you if you get the propulsion gel and you put it on a a long stretch of uh, platform with a ramp at the end, you can shoot, you can run really fast and jump on the ramp and get over long distances. Um, my favorite, though, the most helpful one is the white gel, the conversion gel, and that um, anything it touches is now portable. Even if it wasn't able to hold portals before, oh. um, so you have there's a lot there's a couple of puzzles where you have to p- manipulate. Basically, you have to sh- you have to, there's two there's two columns, and you have to get put the portal where the white gel is coming out, the blue portal, let's say, and then you have to take the orange portal and shoot it back and forth all the way up the column so it covers the entire both sides of the columns with this white gel so you can then shoot portals at that and use it to get out of the place um like i said like i said earlier very funny very very funny uh steven merchant i believe that's his name wheatley wheatley that man is 
brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. If he doesn't win every single voiceover award at the end of this year, I'll be stunned. Hold on, hold on. J.K. Simmons? Wait a minute. Yeah, Cave Johnson? But here's the thing. Cave Johnson is only in the game for maybe 40% of it. I know, but he's also J. Jonah Jameson. I know who he is. And he's the guy, he's the so, guy from the farmers insurance commercials. We are farmers. Yeah, yeah that guy. I know. But it, it, he's funny. Don't get me wrong. But Wheatley, I think, is the star here. So, Wheatley, just go ahead. So, Jason, you you think that he can beat out any any voice acting person he's up against the whole year, including anybody from Mass Effect 3 or even Nolan North himself? Mass Effect 3 was pushed to 2012. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. Good point. And no one north is always a strong contender, but he, I think usually when it comes to awards, I like to think that people, if there's if there's two major contenders, and in this case Wheatley and Nathan Drake, Nathan Drake is established. You know that he's going to be excellent. Dude, right? and he's annoying. And uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Those are fighting words, Dan. Dude, Nolan North as Nathan Drake is no bitch. Oh, oh, oh that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a plane down to you, and we are gonna have fisticuffs. Uh, Old-fashioned fisticuffs. You yeah. grow big handlebar mustaches too, because that would be yes. Ten faces a But but Wheatley is a brand new character. And nobody knew what to expect other than the videos that they saw. And then the way he just talks to you and rants nervously, like oops, <laughs> like the one thing where he's like, uh, well, you've been here for a really long time, so there's a there's a good chance that you'll have some kind of minor brain damage. Don't be alarmed. Actually, you know what? You know what? Be alarmed because that's the reaction you're supposed to have when someone tells you <laughs> brain damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen the clip of that. Really, really, really good. Really well spoken. Really well done. Of course, J.K. Simmons as Cave Johnson is awesome. Ellen McLean returning as Glados is awesome too. Every everyone, everyone who speaks in this game, the dialogue is perfect, spot on. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about it. Some of the co-op. Oh, I didn't even talk about the co-op. Holy shit! The 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 co-op is, believe it or not, if it, it would it would behoove you for those who have not played to play the entire single player first. And then play the co-op after it, because the co-op actually takes place right after the single player. Woohoo! Is that right? I was trying to figure that out. Is it the timeline there? Yes, there is a timeline. So you play the single player and start the co-op, and then the co-op is where the nice little cliffhanger is. Ah. At the end of the co-op. Cliffhangers. So it it, it kind of makes you play the co-op, but at the same time, it's worth it because single player is mind-bending enough. But when you put another person in there, holy shit! Jason, have you played the co-op? Did you just play online with someone, like video chatted? Or... I played online co-op with one Matthew Boyle. Ah, okay. And him and I, because well, we knew we both were going to get it, so we figured why not play it together. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Matter of fact, I think um, him and I are going to finish that tonight. I know I was, I was, um, my question, though, is were you like in the same room? No. Okay, yeah, because I played it in the same room with someone. It was really easy and really fluid to do it that way, so I was wondering if it was any more difficult if you had to just do it, uh, over, you know, like typing directions or like just using the point function. Of the right. Time or whatever. No, I mean, I found 
I found that playing it online was just like playing single player. You just had someone else you had to deal with. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, what I mean by that is it's, it's, it feels like you're just playing the normal single player, but instead of having, you know, enemies all around, you just have this extra person who you have to direct. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a difference for me, but that might also be because I just played through the entire single player, or most of the single player at that point. Did you have any of those, like, New Super Mario Brothers moments? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, New Super Mario Brothers... Where you want to kill the other person? Yeah, you just kill them into a pit. I just... am not... I, I am not at liberty to comment about such things. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's actually an achievement for, like, screwing over your partner and dropping them into... There's a lot of great. There's a lot of great achievements in this game. At one point, you're you're forced to do a test, and then you have to go back and do the same test over again for whatever reason. And the second time you go in, like the test is, you press a button and a box comes down and hits a switch. That's the, that's it. That's the whole test. Um, if you stand there the second time and don't press the button for like 30 seconds, an achievement will pop up that said you made your point. Uh, <laughs> nice. A lot, lot of really cool achievements in this game, and but. I think, not to go off on another change, but I think the best part of this game as a whole is the character development of GLaDOS. GLaDOS. She's not just an AI anymore. Not after you play this game. They give you background on her that gives her a whole other layer of depth as a character it's it's astounding how they could turn just from a rogue AI to someone that you actually find yourself, you know, not rooting for, but like being cool with, mm. you know, did she really, did sorry. she have some sort of previous traumatic experience with cake? No, that, that, you know what? That's the only thing missing for portal two. Not a single cake mention as far as dialogue is concerned. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, she doesn't have to, Fool you with that's cake. true. They're AI, the right. robots, and they are. And, and and Shell, the main character, already knows that. Any if she says, "Yeah, there will be cake," she'll just be like, "No, there's another one." Okay, but yeah, Portal Portal Two, front runner, game of the year right now. Wow, it's the, the second gamer node writer who has said that. Not. I'm a big fighting game guy, you know that. Mortal Kombat and, and Marvel, they're real near and dear to my heart, but Portal 2 just blew me away. Mm. Wow. It's, it's, it's a must-play. Even if you didn't play the first one, go read the synopsis real quick and catch up. Awesome. Hmm. Well, I don't have anything new to say, because the game that I'm playing is a combination of games that initially came out, I think, six years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm playing the Prince of Persia trilogy, but for... You know, surprisingly, it is surprising me. Um, so I've always thought, you know, that Sands of Time was so great, and then Warrior Within was kind of crap, and then Two Thrones was really great again. But I've discovered that, you know, playing them all back to back, I can definitely see the the consistent improvements throughout the series. And Warrior Within is actually pretty solid. I don't know if that was the general consensus among most people before, was that Warrior Within was, like, the down point of the series. It was just clunky. It was... That's a solid game, though. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine if they, like, updated it and fixed the controls or 
streamlined it in some fashion. I just remember playing it and being like, this feels like doo. Basically, like my problem with Warrior Within is just the way that they opened up the game to have branching paths because you had to go to different parts of the island of time and sometimes you can get turned around and there was a, a bit of backtracking and that was sort of the frustrating part about it but the combat's way better um it, it just it has a smoother pace to the game the enemies are are better built um than the first game i don't know i was just it was, that was surprising and um i mean not to take anything away from sands of time i mean obviously sands of time is still a great game great game but, you know, the the same gripe that I and probably you guys and a bunch of other people had with that game when it initially came out was the combat, how you would be, you know, cruising around, doing all your platforming, and then all of a sudden you're in this fight forever because they keep spawning forever and you're just doing the same things <laughs> forever. And that still holds true. The fighting is, like, monotonous and sort of annoying when you really just want to progress I'm sensing a trend here. Is there a lot of things that you do forever? <laughs> yeah. In those fight scenes. If they name the next Prince of Persia something forever, are you just not going to play it? Prince of, per- Prince of Persia forever. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't come out for 14 years. Starring Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> and then the great thing also is... um. I just got to Two Thrones. Uh, I was just playing a little bit of that today, and that's why I was kind of late to the podcast. But it's basically Assassin's Creed Zero. Um, you have stealth and like speed kills, and he's wearing Altair's costume. Essentially, <laughs> if you go back, I'll I'll post a picture of it with the review. But he's wearing Altair's costume, like, <laughs> like exact exactly without the hood. But that one is just so streamlined and pretty awesome. Brings it back to the city. Um, generally the whole thing, I mean, it's a great series, but I was just, I wanted to mention how surprising it was that Warrior Within didn't suck like I remembered it. It was probably just the wait from, you know, the initial Sands of Time release until Warrior Within and then just getting something a little bit different and unexpected that was like, what? This isn't the same game. But Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If there's one thing I've noticed about being a gamer or being around gamers, it's that if you change one little thing... Or if one little thing's different, people will fucking kill you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's we're almost brutal in a sense, and a lot sure. of that, a lot of that I think has to do with what Mike's going to get into in a little bit, um, <laughs> or a lot of that relates to what Mike's going to get into in a little bit, um, with his, his his invitation to a certain beta. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, I'm talking about the Gears of War three beta. Which I was able to get access to because I uh, I pre-ordered the game from GameStop, and uh, a lot of people right when the beta started was they started bitching and complaining and moaning about how unbalanced the shotguns in the game were. <laughs> oh, shotguns! Online were bitching. <laughs> I know, I know. This never happens, especially not in a first or third person shooter. It never yeah. happens. Level-headed souls. We don't bitch. <laughs> oh please, please! First-person shooter players and third-person shooter players—they sit down over tea and discuss their issues and problems. And, <laughs> yes, while playing backgammon. Yes. <laughs> and crumpets—you can't forget the crumpets. Dressed like Nigel West Dickens. So they're saying that they're saying that the shotgun—the shotgun is underpowered. 
Overpowered. <laughs> yeah, I know. Way, way overpowered. But, they said the same thing yeah. about the, the Nasher in Gears 2 and in the first Gears. And you know, know one day, listen, one day people are just going to have to face facts. The shotgun is the best fucking gun in the world. Because you get two gamers, you take them outside, you give one a pistol, you give the other a shotgun, and you say, have at it, boys. The one with the, the, <laughs> one with the pistol like, is uh, running. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, though. Uh, I got really used to using uh, the sawed-off shotgun uh, in, the, in the beta, and it can beat the Nasher any time. I agree. Yes, but like if, you, if you fire at the right distance, then it will win. Yeah, the one problem with the sawed-off, though, is that if you screw up, you're dead because you only get one round sure. uh, per per reload. So exactly. you can you can run in, dive in, think you're in a hidden enough space, accidentally like twitch the analog stick, fire, and then you're just like, oh crap. And I can personally vouch for that. That's happened plenty of times to me. Hmm. <laughs> so aside from all the all the complaining about the game and the balancing issues if they're real or not um what's what's been improved like what's the good stuff um well it's it's pretty much the same old <laughs> years of war game <laughs> well because uh, that's what i was thinking it's really the only real change that i seemed to notice um you can uh I, I can't remember if this was in gears 2 i know it wasn't in gears 1 but when you are knocked down if you you can mash uh instead of bleeding out you can button mash A to revive yourself. The only problem is that it still takes about five to ten seconds. So if you get knocked down and there's like a couple enemies around you, you're you're gonna die. You're you're pretty much screwed. But basically, if you get into a double down situation or if you kill somebody and then you're knocked down and nobody else is around, it allows you to get back up and go right back into the fight, which is really nice. A lot a lot of the weapons are the same. I will say though, uh, one about the game modes. One thing that I've always like, kind of liked with Gears of War is uh, the way they do their deathmatch, which isn't a uh, typical first team to get to so many kills. It's basically your, your team share lives, and then once all your respawns are done, everybody gets one life left, and then once you die, you're done. And it's basically kind of like more of a survival kind of game than just get the most kills. But um, as, mu- as much fun as that is, it can also be a problem because... You could end up playing really well, and your teammates could be really bad and getting themselves killed a lot. And next thing you know, it's you against their entire team, and they still have five or six respawns. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Mike. Um, do you think that the key is the special weapons? Or do you think that, no, 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 if you're good enough with the Lancer, Retro Lancer, or whatever, you can, you can win? I think it's more teamwork. I think I think with Gears of War 3 it's it doesn't really matter what weapons you have. I think it's more about teamwork and it's more about flanking and outnumbering opponents basically. It's more yeah. it's much more about uh uh positioning and being strategic. Um because you could have you could have um like people rushing with the shotguns or you can have people like well held down with a long shot in the back and a couple guys with the lancers but if you just have two guys on your team sitting there distracting them while the other two run around and just kill them from behind, then you're going to win. It's it's mostly about, like, can you put together a coherent team that knows what they're doing um, than the weapons. The weapons certainly do help, but uh, they're not, you know, overpowered like some people will say about certain close-range weaponry. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know what I discovered with Gears 3 Beta, and this is almost entirely unrelated to it, 
But I discovered that the Connect actually works as like a voice transmitter, right? So like pick up what you're saying and just like, well, like like a headset would, right? Yeah. Um, and so I learned that all the kids that I had been playing with actually heard what I was saying about them. <laughs> Which I did not realize. Okay. I assume you were very nice and cordial in your comments. <laughs> okay, if there's any game that can infuriate me, it's Gears of War. Yeah. Because like, I, like, I have this uh, very inflated image of how good I am at the game, and so I like think that I'm awesome, and then I'm not, and, it, and then I get really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and then my day is ruined. Yeah, I'm like, what? One kill? You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you sound like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Why don't we play games every day? <laughs> Weird. I'm, I must have caught you on a good day, Dan, because we played once for a little bit, and you didn't start hey, screaming like that. Yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? That shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly spouted like, Dark, <laughs> early blonde hair. He's tan. <laughs> with like a blue, blue tank top and surfer shorts on. You kidding hey, uh, me? All the people who are listening to this podcast, they don't know any better. I might be an attractive douchebag. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's perfect. He's carrying a blitz ball. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, my head. <laughs> In addition to Gears of War 3, I was kind of sort of playing SOCOM 4. Um, I got to play the single player for a couple of hours, and it seemed... While I, don't, while I do like the gameplay of tactical shooters, and it is really fun, the campaign itself is really short, and you kind of just get thrown into the narrative without really much introduction to the characters. It's like you're elite Navy SEALs for NATO, you're thrown into this conflict and all of a sudden you go out on a patrol and your base of operations gets attacked and now you have to fight your way through. That's that's pretty did much what the, the story is. No, did unfortunately I did not because I don't have the move. That's, that's most of it. I was interested. I want to know if... Because I, I feel like that's when they were selling the move. They were like, this is the shooter. It's going to prove... Like, I, that or Killzone 3, maybe. Yeah, I, I did play it with the move at E3 last year and I... And uh, I didn't like it at all, at all. Okay. I don't know what it's like with the gun peripheral, but with just hand, like playing with your hands, unless there's a way you can like um, change the the sensitivity of how fast you move with the move, um, mm-hmm. as far as your reticle goes, like it just it didn't feel right. It just it didn't feel as good as a regular controller to me. But that was based on way back on E3. I don't know what kind of improvements or lack of they could have made in that time. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like the motion was too much as you were moving from side to side? Like your camera yeah, panning because, quickly? Because normally when I'm playing like a shooter with my analog stick, I'm used to like doing really wide swooping uh, movements. And with the move, even like the subtlest of gestures can send you your like camera spinning in all different directions. Mm-hmm. So you have to be extremely precise and careful about where you target um, your reticle on the screen. Right. I actually got a chance to try it out briefly at uh, South by Southwest this year in Austin, and um, I did have the stability of the of the gun peripheral, and I still felt like it was moving too much. Wow. Yeah. 
See, I heard that Killzone 3 uses the move really well. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's just SOCOM or... Killzone 3 moves... Uh, I got to play Killzone 3 on the move back in September uh, before Comic-Con, and uh, it's definitely better than... Uh, the controls and the uh, the sensitivity was definitely better than SOCOM 4, but I it still... I don't know. Motion controls and shooters, for some reason to me, just don't feel right. I prefer to have a controller. That really is the holy grail, though, once they figure that out. That's so. true. Now, Mike, I have to ask you, how's the online for SOCOM? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you know, when is it now? May 31st? <laughs> May uh, again, not. Again, that's if I, can, if I can log in and my password's not changed and stolen. Yeah. I'm not bankrupted from my credit card. The first update, they're going to make you change your password, so don't freak out. Okay. Don't freak out. This is why I was telling Mike um, a couple <laughs> days ago. I said I never put my credit card information in to buy things online. I just buy the um, the points cards over at Game. Oh, I never will again. Not on PlayStation oh. Network. Yeah. Mm-mm. As soon as I get as I soon as I get access to my account again, that card's coming right off. Yeah. I actually, in my latest feature, which may or may not be up when this goes up. It depends on when the podcast goes up and when the feature goes up. Um, I actually discussed how basically this teaches us to not be so lenient with our credit card information as we may have been because those of us who have grown up with the internet and everything, we've kind of grown up on a culture of basically, you know, grab and go, get it real quick. Um, yeah, it's secure. Simpler. And we, we, we just take these people's... Um, word for granted and we 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 trust them because we believe in the power of the consumer that basically if they screw us over they're screwed they're going down down the tubes because we're never going to buy anything from them again and one thing we failed to realize in the age of the internet is that um a determined hacker can do anything they want (laughs) all it takes is some knowledge this security bullshit now i have to worry about every time i sign on the playstation network i don't want to have to worry about that I mean, uh, granted, I'm not going to sit here and say I play PlayStation Network more than I played Xbox Live because I don't. However, the times that I do play PlayStation Network, I've had a great experience. I've never had a problem with it. But now, all of a sudden, I can't get on for a month because some uh, – uh, uh, that's a very choice where I'm not going to say that. Because some guy decided <laughs> to – Unknown. Some, some unknown fellow decided to go, you know what, Sony? F you. I'm going to get into your system. Which uh, I I was talking about this a little bit with Eddie earlier, and he uh, he has a much stronger opinion than I do, and mine's pretty strong. So um, I'll well, let him say that. I'm just saying, like these guys, they they took down PlayStation Network, right? Are they right. are they gamers or what? Do they not want to play video games either? They just like <laughs> yeah. cutting your nose to spite your face. It's retarded. Basically, <laughs> it's it's a bunch of people who got really really ticked off that they couldn't use their jailbreak software anymore. Um, because I'm assuming that this is a, in a in the retaliation for what they did to try and bring in uh, Geohot. Geohot and the other ha- hackers. They wanted to hack consoles because they believed it was theirs when legally it really isn't. If you look at the fine details, it, technically what the the console itself is yours, but the software and the stuff that it can do since it's over the internet and stuff like that 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 isn't allowed to be yours. That that belongs to Sony. But they want to believe that information is free and they can do whatever they want with what they purchase. So they're going to go so far as to defend those rights and everything uh, and, and in doing so just bring down all the PlayStation Network and make millions and millions of people suffer on top of it. I think right. there's a little bit more to it than that. I think it's sort of 
goes to the defense of like cloud computing um, and the idea that if all information were free and if the internet were free and it weren't regulated by you know various corporations, then that there would be greater uh, create, creative production and things like that. But I, I'm not telling you what these guys did is right, but I definitely understand the ideas behind trying to make everything free to play or, or unregulated in some manner. Right, but but don't I don't think they understood just how much they'd be affecting. Yeah, seventy five million people can't play PlayStation Network. But think mm-hmm. about all the game companies that were depending on downloadable content revenue and 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 online game revenue, like for a PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. That they were depending on that revenue to go towards budgets to other big blockbuster games that now might get delayed or might get canceled because the company can't afford them anymore. I mean, See, not even blockbusters like the the small. The, right. The two um, downloadable games are getting real screwed. Like, where that's their only place to publish. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, could, you, could you imagine if the guys who made Limbo, if the if Xbox Live was hacked a month before that came out, they wouldn't be a studio anymore. Because that was the, yeah. only, the only thing they developed for, and it would have been gone. It's that kind of thing. There may be some indie developer out there that had a game coming out for PlayStation Network on April 26th. That was their day. And then all of a sudden, they can't do it anymore because some dope decided he was going to be cool and hack Sony. It sucks. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. I was just going to say, and these people, they, they, their situation and what they do and what they stand for, they rely upon the support of the public. And in doing something like this, they just completely eliminated it. Right. Why, why should we support you if you're going to bring me down like this? It just it angers me to, to no end that one person or however many people it was, the only word I can describe – them with without being too vulgar is selfish they're selfish they they yeah. want what they want and it, it's basically the whole oh if i don't get my way i'm taking my ball and going home mm-hmm. and if i'm the only one if i'm the one that owns the ball that sucks you can't play yeah. anymore yeah it's it's that combined with a little bit of delusional fanaticism that's a great right. analogy and, and, and none of this is going to be heard because as soon as this podcast hits and they hear it they're going to hack us so uh. <laughs> Uh, everybody who's ever created an account on GamerNode, please change your passwords now. <laughs> yep. Remove your credit card information for your safety, please. <laughs> All the GamerNode Platinum members. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm sick and tired of talking about this. And you know what? They can bring back the PlayStation Network on May 31st. I'll play it for four or five days, and then I'm not going to care about it. Because I will be in Los Angeles, where the party oh, yeah. is... And th- this year will be epic. 